Um, do you guys want? Oh shit, we have a whole bunch of stuff we can talk about. We can talk about uh, Hassan Minaj. Um, Minhaj. I keep calling him like he's really yeah. Nicki Minaj. Hassan Jesus Christ. Minhaj. Has, ha, Hassan Minhaj. Yeah. But I keep saying like he's related to Nicki Minaj, which now <laughs> I'm combining the two and I can just see him being like, I got dumped on prom night for this wet ass pussy. Um, <laughs> anyway, a bucket and a mop for all the tears I shed over the girl I was hoping to take prom. <laughs> <laughs> If a man's got a beard, <laughs> and he's wanna... probably a Sikh or an Indian, and he's not allowed to date my white girl, my white, <laughs> white daughter, because we're going to be taking photos. We have family back home. We're not okay with this. Fuck. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Okay. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech, that's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team, no heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hard true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzer. I'm totally going to use that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At the Diner, the flagship podcast here on the Great Geek Refuge. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am... The editor-in-chief of our website, it is greatgeekrefuge.com. I am also the co-creator of this wonderful website where all geeky and nerdy things occur. Um, We created this as a refuge, as a place for all to be able to talk about the things they love, the things that they geek out and nerd out over without ever having to worry about being judged or gatekept or any of that nonsense. That being said, let's jump into the big podcast. Um, Two of the most wonderful co-hosts I could possibly have are part of this uh, wonderful journey that we're on podcasting wise. You know them, you love them. In order, we have, as far as like when they joined TGR to be clear, not in like my favorite order. Cause honestly, you guys are both favorite, like equally favorite, you know, no. cherry, cherry's, cherry's favorite, but, but grape is also favorite. favorite. What's my first favorite? <laughs> first favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I love you both equally. Yes. But when, who did you start loving first? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so um, again, not answering this question, but the co-host who joined GGR first uh, is a wonderfully talented musician. Um, you know him, you love him as far as his podcasting, skills and abilities he's also got two shows here the overflow he's also got our sports-based podcast which is ggr post game his name is mc brooks much love to attack on titan 10 years just came to an end yesterday kind of timely with everything going on too wow crazy 10 years man that's a good run uh and co-host seat number two a wonderfully talented visual artist uh, also well-versed in all things video games, comic books, TV shows. In fact, knows a lot about 80s sitcoms, which I truly appreciate as a fellow 80s kid. Um, His name is James Rambo. 
you can find something you enjoy in even the worst of things. And I'm happy to provide an example. Yes, please do. Uh, I bought a Fancy Pants uh, UK box set of uh, the first four Hellraiser movies. Um, Wait, hang on. Fun was fact: it, Was it in the box, like from the movie? No, no, oh. no. But but the, but but the, the the I mean, that would be a big fucking box. Yeah. Um. No, the packaging was designed though, so it's like uh, it's Pinhead's face, and there are a couple of die cuts out of it, and then you pull uh, and that, that's the slipcase. You pull the slipcase off, and now it is Pinhead's face, same position, only the skin is removed, and then you open. You, or, and then you pull that like uh, uh, kind of cellophane slipcase off, and now it's the same position, and all the musculature is removed, so it's just the skeleton. Um, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I had never watched the third Hellraiser movie. It's not good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's bad. Um, Terry Farrell plays the lead, which, hey, ain't nobody mad about that um but uh it is it's 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 pretty it's, it's pretty not good there's a there's a, a dj at a club that gets turned into a centibite and he's he's spitting cds of people and and just like throwing them like shuriken that's that's bad but there's this one moment where our lead is being chased by pinhead um, that's also one of the problems with the movie overall is like Pinhead is turned into like a more sort of a, a movie monster as opposed to the kind of weird fucked up, you know, kind of chaotic neutral figure he was before. Um, and she runs into this church and there's this priest there and he's like, you know, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she's like, there's this demon that's chasing me and these demons are after me. And he goes, oh, child demons aren't real they're parables and stories we use to to discuss moral issues and as he says that the doors behind them explode open and pinhead walks in and she goes then what the fuck is that and, and her delivery is perfect it is a perfect moment yeah. it is a it just this really great little section of all right, everybody nailed that. Everybody yeah. did exactly what they were supposed to. Yeah, yeah, fucking great. Yeah, but, yeah. When when there's a a couple of things that stand out in an otherwise shitty movie, that's that's always wonderful. Um, somebody had put up a post about like what is one thing that you can take away from something that was otherwise bad, like somebody who killed it in an otherwise shitty movie. And I flash back to us talking about Highlander and Clancy Brown just being like just outstanding in that movie and just like like not even like so much that he was like some master thespian or anything like that it's just like his performance was so great because it was so over the top whereas everybody else's was kind of cheesy like yeah um i meant to tell you in that um version i was watching on uh amazon prime they there's deleted scenes and we talked about one of them. There was another one where you see Connor McLeod during World War II and it establishes what? how the woman who was working for him in the um, antique shop is essentially his adopted daughter. It was she was a young girl during World War II that he rescued um, while the Nazis were like infiltrating their uh, their country. And like 
the the scene is so goofy because he talks like he's from like the 80s or 90s or like the 70s or 80s to a guy from the 40s because like the, the nazi and he, he like calls him jack and he's like he's like yeah what about that master race jack and i'm like the fuck's going on here <laughs> like yeah it, it was a weird uh, scene but it was it, it added some some much needed context to the movie um, also uh yeah. fun fact um 4k blu-rays are not region locked so if you have a 4k blu-ray player or a ps5 you can buy 4k blu-rays from anywhere in the world no shit yeah because that That's that exciting. uh that hellraiser set is Good to know. um is uh is is british made yeah like that ship from the uk wow wow uh, yeah, there's no region know. locking on those yeah um to be clear folks who are listening and thank you for listening by the way um this episode is going to be kind of a grab bag we're going to talk a little bit about everything um we're going to talk a little bit about loki we're going to talk about shit like this um and and a little bit of everything um in fact uh, i want to that's a perfect segue into something we were talking about during the cold open which the cold open it is a patreon exclusive podcast that we do um, with all sorts of great things that we talk about, you can listen to it as well. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash great geek refuge and subscribe today. Any money that you put on the Patreon goes to keeping the great geek refuge running. Uh, so your contributions uh, keep our wonderful uh, refuge of geekiness uh, continuing to do the great things that it does. We were talking about Netflix and we were talking about how, it's just not it, it's not like it was before and these streaming services have just gotten so expensive and it's hard to justify the increase in cost every single time when their ceos are making tens of millions of dollars on a regular basis you bringing up the blu-ray makes me just flash back to i don't need physical media anymore a decision that i made at one point and i wish i hadn't <laughs> and like i'm probably going to start going back and buying the things that i really really love or the things that i really really want um on blu-ray um, I have a, I have a pretty good collection. It's not very yeah. large, but like I have some and I just need to fill in the gaps with some other ones. Um, like the Rocketeer, I got that on Blu-ray because like you could buy it from the shop Disney store and it was like four bucks. And I was like, that's a fucking steal. And I love that goddamn movie. Um, but yeah, I'm probably going to have to do that and fill in. Um, yeah. Like see if I can get all the Star Trek movies on Blu-ray. Cause God knows when those are just going to disappear randomly yeah. from streaming services. Like, yeah. Literally, yeah, literally, I mean, literally everything is, is like that. <clears throat> I was talking to someone the other day that was telling me about their their kid who is obsessed with Sonic the Hedgehog. Proud the next generation is being raised, right, in that regard. Nice. Um, <laughs> but there was this whole thing where she was saying that, like, her, her kid is, like, very, very into, like, uh, retro collecting. So, like, trying to get it, wants to get a Dreamcast to be able to play the all those old games and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, that... I was like, honestly, honestly, that might not be a bad investment because, like, there for a lot of that stuff, there's no way to actually access it. Like, most of those games are not can't play them unless yeah. you physically own that anymore. I was like, the only alternative is like Xbox has some of them because some of those were released for the original Xbox and they have their retro library where you can play some old stuff from as far back as the original Xbox. But other than that, like, yeah, if you if you if you, if you want to legally <laughs> uh you know play you know play these old games or get to experience it the way that we did you know when dreamcast was like one of the best consoles available but yeah you have to have that yeah because once that because a lot of once that gets lost the time like that is just going to be it you yeah. just and we're gonna and, and it's funny because like, it makes me think about we're gonna how much stuff from 
you know, that we've watched over the years, shows that I probably not, I don't really remember until they get brought up. Like, how much of that stuff is going to get lost to history just because, you know, it leaves streaming one day and you just don't think about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let me ask you guys a question. When was the last time you watched something on a tube TV? Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> let alone when was the last time uh, you saw a, a functional tube tv oh i own i still own one. Oh, you do okay yeah i, I believe that i actually still own one i have i have nothing i've i've no use for it so it just yeah. it just it just sits downstairs but like yeah. I, I do own one the reason i ask is there was an event that we went to not long ago there's a really really cool um arcade here in fredericksburg that has a whole bunch of pinball machines and a bunch of old retro arcade games it was a freaking blast man it was a fundraiser for the group that uh that we're part of uh for jacks and when you walk into the place the the front of the store looks like an old video store like a mom and pop video store very small couple shelves with movies on it i was like this is this is kind of cool you walk through the back room and in the back room it's set up like a rec room from every single house you went to in the 80s like mm. it has like those old wood entertainment center shelves where like you've got like the the record player over here and the big stereo speakers and their shelves where the movies and the books are and then there was a tube tv with a super nintendo set up next to it and i'm like i haven't played a super nintendo game on a tube tv in so very long and super mario world was in there and i was like I'm about to embarrass a bunch of little kids. Let me grab this shit. (laughs) I pick, I pick up the controller and I go to play it and I start getting vertigo because watching the screen move because of the way it's shaped. I'm, I'm so used to playing shit on a very flat screen, high definition screen that I forgot that because the screen is curved, it almost makes it look like it's moving. Like it's almost like I was like having to like stop and step back. I'm like, you get kind of the fisheye thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. fucking me up, man. And like, it, it was just like, it's one of those things that I just never thought of how your brain adapts to these sorts of things. And like, it's also crazy to think that like, if you go back a hundred years from 1923 until 19, we'll just, you know what, we'll use within our adult lifetime, you know, um, 1900 to 1923 some stuff changed. There were some technological advancements and things like that. Right. But like, think about how quick shit has moved in the last like 20 to 30 years and how advanced stuff is. And it's like, seems like it's coming like rapid fire. Like things just get done so much faster. Like there's, there's like that famous, famous infographic that said like, um, it was 1901 when, when the first plane flew and then like, you know, all of human history, that's when we were able to make, make, uh, people take flight and then in 1969 we had somebody on the moon like how quickly we advanced through that once something's done yeah and shown to be possible it just it it, it becomes uh, uh uh exponential in terms of like how quickly people can do it what once somebody ran a four minute mile yeah once it happened like it, the, the the time between uh, uh, before it happened up to when it did versus from when it did to the next person doing it. Yeah. And uh, like that, that, that gap just starts getting closed more and more. Like it's almost like a standard at this point, right? Like, yeah. 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 Um, I think this is the perfect segue for us too, because throughout all of that, one small change 
And any of that changes everything. The Wright brothers are sick that day and they don't fly their plane and they're not able to do it. That would be what we would call a branched timeline off of the um, immaculate timeline, which is, you know, the 616 uh, for those who are Marvel fans. Um, Loki (laughs) season two is so fucking trippy. And I want to go back and not in a bad way where it doesn't make sense, where you're just like, I have no idea what's going on. It is so meta and there's so many things that are just like beyond like surface level storytelling here. And like, if you were to just tell somebody that has never watched Loki before, like, but they're familiar with all the Marvel shit. Hey, watch this series about Loki. It is nothing like what I thought it was going to be. Like I figured a story about Loki would have like involved, you know, him just being, you know, the, the God of mischief and, and the trickster and like him traversing the galaxy, doing all sorts of, you know, crazy Loki shit. No, it is nothing like that at all. It is not even close to that. It is this like exploration into like self-reflection and character and like, and, and for lack of a better term, I'll use a Dr. Who um, phrase, wibbly wobbly timey wimey shit. Like there's just, it is wild, but it is fucking fascinating. Like once that show hooks you, like I can't look away and like, I love the aesthetic of it. I love that the TVA is like this weird, like 1960s office space. And like everything that they do as far as design is very like in that vein, the technology that they use with the exception of those, like the pruning stick things that they use, like everything has a very retro, almost steampunk vibe to it, except for it's like steampunk of the sixties. Um, it's yeah, it, it's an excellently, managed show and it's a fucking shame that it is coming out right now when i think everybody is starting to i wouldn't say grow tired of but like we're starting to see a lot more backlash against the mcu than we've ever seen before and it's a shame because i think this is one of the best things they've ever done yeah i fucking love this show yeah gorgeous it 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 looks really well crafted i was thinking about it last night as i was watching the most recent episode and with few exceptions i don't know how much of that show is actually practical sets and how much of it is green screen i think almost all i would say a huge chunk of it is practical like it has to be i mean it, it could just be really really fucking good um cg what's the shit that they use on mandalorian oh you know the, what i'm talking about volume yeah, like the, the thing with the where it has like the big screens and like it's able yeah, to essentially put yeah. them anywhere. Yeah, it's called the volume. Oh, OK. Um, it could certainly be that as well. Um, but there are shots where just like it it has this grounded look and feel and everything is very. Um, it looks very specifically tailored and designed uh, for that uh that place for that show for that scene um and yeah man it's just it's so fucking pretty to look at uh as well as like getting to see everybody just really fucking put their heart and soul into their performances um like hiddleston is fucking killing it on that show uh but again, again, so is everybody else. Everybody's doing a great fucking job. Um, 
Yeah, I've been thoroughly impressed. I mean, shit, the the first episode uh, where you see him wandering around, like, really doing the Loki shit, really leaning in on, like, being the villain um, and having a great time doing it. It's it's awesome. Um, Yeah, no, I've been really thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, it's... There's this underlying current that I have to remind myself of that, like, the Loki that we see in Thor Ragnarok is a different Loki. Like, literally, because this Loki, his branched timeline started when the Tesseract fell out of that suitcase and he was able to transport away right after the end of Avengers, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, the Loki that we see in Ragnarok, because I was like, all right, we're with, with Ragnarok, he, him and Thor, like, I wouldn't say, like, mend fences, but, like, there's some growth there and like they're closer to each other and like and then he when he ends up dying in um infinity war infinity war it's it's fucked up and you're like damn but like i i forget that this loki is completely different than that one sometimes and i have to remind myself of that and yeah because he's like a completely different character as far as what he's trying to accomplish because it's no longer about like world domination or just like you know whatever i can do to fuck thor over um no this is it's you're like why is he doing this why is he so obsessed with like fixing the timeline what the fuck does he care other than in self-preservation and then in this episode we find out yeah we find out and like it's kind of sad like it it really hits you in the gut when you realize what was his exact words i'm doing this because i don't want to lose my friends and yeah, you realize, yeah, 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 I want my friends without back. them. Yeah, you realize that he probably has never actually had friends. No, and he's always been in kind of an outsider to the family as well because yeah. he's also not truly as guardian. Yeah, and like his relationship with Thor, you can't really call him friends because he's his brother. But at the same time, there it's a very contentious, you know, relationship mm-hmm. because of that. Because you know they're not actually blood, and like. And he, he did, and yeah. and this Loki didn't have any of the growth. Yeah, exactly. Like you mentioned, Hiddleston is just is fucking amazing. Like I'm just impressed with him every yeah. single time, and like, I, yeah, I think you know when I think back to th- two years ago, three years ago, when we first got announcements that you know we were going to get that first slate of Marvel TV shows, you know, I think I I remember. Loki being one of the ones that seemed a bit divisive. One because people were like, "Well, what what is this show even going to be? Like, what kind? Of, like, what are you even going to do with that character? Like, who? Like, we we just we just we just watched him have, uh, you know, complete somewhat of an emotional arc. You know, uh, with with ultimately sacrificing himself, trying to do a good thing in Infinity War, and that being it. And then other people, you know, who were just like, well, you know. Tom's been fucking great in this role for all these years. Like, yes, give me more of that. I don't know what the show will be. And I think if, if anything, I feel like this show so far has been, has proven itself to be, I think the epitome of what we thought we were going to get or what we wanted to get from, you know, having connected TV show, TV shows that are connected, like, Aside from Loki, aside, virtually none of the other characters, or I guess he who remains also, but Loki, aside, I mean, uh, aside from those two, all of the other characters are 
basically specific to the show. We we haven't really seen them show up anywhere else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's also great because it ex- it shows how expansive this universe is in telling a story that is connected to the larger story, but also being just hyper focused on like this group of people within it, and especially on Loki. Um, and and taking him through this kind of emotional journey, we didn't really, you know, or, or, or we didn't really get to go in depth with, you know, in the wider MCU when he was just popping up in the Thor movies, um, and in and in Infinity War. And I feel like this is is telling a story that does con- that 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 is self contained enough that like if you were to know nothing else, if you knew nothing about the wider MCU. And just focus on Loki with just the information you got at the beginning with him learning about who, you know, him learning about what happened to him in that main timeline and following that along to now. It's like, wow, this is like excellently put together, excellently written. And like I, I mentioned to this to see you all in the in the chat, like there were points in in this this past episode that definitely like hit home, <laughs> namely that that conversation with uh, with Sylvie, where he's talking about his friends. But then, when you have the larger context of that conversation, it really makes you be like, "Wow!" Like this is also drastically different. Like Loki is not the selfish, narcissistic, you know, uh, villainous, you know, pos. You know, at the beginning, he he has very clearly been impacted by all of these people and everything that's happening here. And, you know, he, he has a purpose that is for something other than just himself, which is kind of, <laughs> which is, which has kind of been, kind of been great to watch. You know, I don't think anyone would have pegged that this would be one of the best things to come out of the Marvel TV shows, but I think it has to be up there. You know, I haven't rewatched WandaVision since we, since we watched it. I haven't, I haven't seen many of the other shows again, but I think this is like kind of, firmly like exactly what I think we we wanted where it's 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 contained enough that you can kind of watch it without knowing the full context but it 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 makes you very excited about what this could possibly mean going forward as far as branch timelines as far as connecting to the multiverse saga especially because none of the other shows have really done it yeah like nothing nothing else has really connected us to the multiverse saga that we know is coming so like that's you know Loki also has a job of kind of doing some heavy lifting, um, in connecting us to that while while also like carrying on the emotional arc of a character uh, like Loki, given where he was in the beginning to now. What's interesting about this is after this series, Loki can never be the way he was before, ever. Yeah. Like you can't bring him back into the regular Marvel cinematic universe timeline fucking whatever like imagine him interacting with thor now it's funny it's funny you say that too because literally in one of the things that came up in the a variety article i don't know if it's the same one yeah was a a marvel executive who in talking about loki in particular was saying that like the ultimate goal is to get him and thor back together and the exact quote he said is, "We need Loki to be in a certain place emotionally before we can do that." I could see that, and like honestly, if you think about it too, like after after he dies at the end, at the in the middle of uh, Infinity War, 
Thor goes through a lot of change too, because everybody he knows and loves is dead. Um, three three fourths of his people have been killed. Yeah, he's he's going through some serious trauma. Um, grows from that is a father at the end of Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Loses um, Jane Foster. Like he's had to deal with some shit too. So it now that I think about it, like seeing them back together in completely different places. And how they come to terms with that would actually be pretty interesting if it's well-written. And like, yeah. that's the thing, is Loki has been fucking amazingly written. Like, it, it's... I'm really curious how they're going to handle this Jonathan Major shit. Because, I mean, frankly, like, a variant, you could recast him so quickly, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I, 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 yeah, that's, like the, that's why I don't feel like... That's why I'm kind of, like, confused about why other people have seemed very confused about what Marvel can do. I'm like the, the literal point, the literal point of Kang is that he has all these other variants that exist. He can literally look like anybody. Yeah. And you've already established that considering Sylvie is a Loki variant that looks nothing yep. like Tom Hiddleston. He's, you can, she's Loki and he's Loki. How come they don't look the same? Cause they're variants. Yeah. They're variants. Yeah. Yes. You can, you, it's, it's a very easy out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I shit, we had, there's an, the, you know, the, what is it, the final episode of, uh, or the last two episodes of the first season? There's a child, there's a big black guy, there's yep. an old, like a, like a, a old late man. middle-aged older man. There's a fucking <laughs> like, crocodile? There's Crocodi- a crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a thing. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it it's, either. Man. It's right. It's it's literally right there. Yeah. You can avoid. That's because like, you know, there was a rumor that came out lately that they were like, instead of recasting, they were like, well, we're just going to focus on like doctor, like shifting to like Dr. Doom or something like that. Cool. But I'm Which, like, like if you, dope. I'm, I'm all for getting, but you don't Doom have there. to. But I, you know, there's let's not do it at the cost of losing out on this great character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and you I, can, I think you can I think do much more with Kang. One of the things that they were talking about too was that like um, the lukewarm reception that uh, Quantum Mania got is part yeah. of the reason why they're saying, "Oh, well, people aren't that excited about Kang." I don't think that that was the reason. I, I really don't. I think that again, it goes back to I would. I've been watching a lot of stuff about um, the way teachers are dealing with their students right now in school. And this is one of those snowball things, right? So this big issue was affected by all of these things way down here. Teachers are saying that like, it was a seventh grade teacher I was, I was watching a TikTok about. She was saying that like, she has students who are still on a fourth grade reading level and who are not ready to be seventh graders. And there's all this regression and all of these other things. And they're trying to figure out what it is. Is it the parents? Is it the kids? Are the kids too busy on their phones or whatever horseshit um, boomer things come out of their mouths? And this one guy duets the thing and he goes, yo, stop. He's like, don't blame yourself. You can blame the parents a little bit, but this is fucking trauma from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. because think of all the things that cause trauma, people being sick, people being dying, uh, like dying, like being stuck in your home. All of this stuff is trauma. And that's why the kids are stuck where they're at. This is why they're having problems putting together functional sentences, being able to ask proper questions, because they're still trying to overcome this thing that was fucking traumatic as shit. Yep. 
And I mentioned it on the last time that we did a podcast that like, that's part of the reason why movies are suffering right now. It's not because of like bad writing or woke or whatever jerk off thing you want to say is the reason why <laughs> it's because we're all kind of burnt out. We're yeah. all just like, we we're trying to get back into a world that existed before the pandemic when we can't, because if we do, then we're ignoring the thing that happened. Yep. And it was, it was traumatic. And they, and the thing is they want us to ignore that. And yeah. we collectively can't. No, we can't. And we shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. We won't. There's no reason that we should. And um, what was her name again, Rambo? The the lady you shared the TikTok with on uh, about Marvel? Uh, she's uh, Jay Stubes on TikTok. Yeah. Jay Stubes hit, hit it on the head as well. The Marvel Universe, when it really took off 2008 with, with Iron Man and going forward, worked really, really well for that time period. Um it's not 2008 anymore. It's not the 2010s anymore. Shit's different. Shit has changed. The world has changed. What's the most popular movie of this year? Like the, the movie that hit, that made the most money, or at least you have heard the most about. Uh, probably uh, Barbie. Barbie, right? Yeah. Why is Barbie so popular? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know like one particular reason. Like, I mean, among other things, it's I can, yeah. Like, it's not one. It's not a one answer. It's yeah. yeah. It's I mean, it's it's bright and shiny. It's got a a, a huge yeah. cast. It seems to be having a um huge cast of like different people that you don't usually see. It seems fun and funny and light. And then it also yeah. like it 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 breaks genre. It's it's because like what would you call that movie? It's not a comedy. I mean, it is, yeah. but it's not. It's it's got some serious drama in it. Yeah. Um, it's a, a you know, it's really satirical and um, and smart and interesting and has a lot to say. Um, and it, yeah, it's not just a boilerplate like, oh, we took a a kid's property. It does in 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 different ways, but the same kind, but successfully in the same way what clue did where like we're going to take the most baseline parts of the things that, about this concept and run with them in only directions we need and that'll be that i agree and like the reason why i was kind of asking that question about why is barbie so popular is i think that that's the kind of movie people want now the the Marvel stuff was, it's still good. I still enjoy the shit out of it. And I think that that's what you're going to see is you're going to see the people who've always wanted to see comic book movies continue to watch comic book movies. It's not going to yeah. have the mass broad appeal like it was for a while there. And I mean, ultimately that's okay. The studios are going to freak out about it. But like, I think what that's going to do is, is that's also going to shrink the budgets on these movies too. I think you're going to start seeing smaller budgets. I think you're going to see more character-based movies, which is something that all three of us have agreed yeah. exactly what they should <laughs> fucking yeah. do. Like, that's going to be a good thing. You're going to get more Lokis. You're going to get more um, Captain America. You're going to get more things where it's like, it's not so grand a scale. It's it's shrunk down. Um, yeah, well, because that was also some of the, one of the things with like, with uh with when they announced a lot of the marvel tv stuff that you know we were kind of excited about it's like oh you're gonna make a uh, a tv show with this movie level budget oh it must be amazing but i i kind of you know it doesn't it, it, it's clear that that's not necessarily what was needed 
Yeah. And that explains why like the, the shift that they've made in the recent weeks with like um, daredevil born again, you know, um, changing, changing over writers, getting an actual showrunner, like someone who, someone who actually is knowledgeable about TV and having them like create the TV, like make it a TV show. Yeah. It doesn't need to be, we're going to film this like a movie and then just cut it into, you know, cut it into episodes and just hope for the best. Um, there's, there's clearly uh, a focus on making, on like, not, not necessarily needing to blur TV and movies necessarily. Like let the TV show be a TV show, you know, let it be, let it contain all the elements, like the, the, the reasons why people like TV and do that. And you can still have it connect to the movie stuff without it necessarily needing to be a movie itself. Yeah, for sure. But I think too, just with the, with some of the, cause the, interestingly enough, uh, there's a video I watched recently with like, uh, by this uh, YouTuber called the Birdman, who, um, he's like, he's a, he's a film critic, film reviewer. And he actually, he, he did uh, a movie, uh, excuse me, a really long video kind of discussing this, the, the, the concept of like Marvel burnout. And that like, when you look at the box office, even the worst box office um, for their stuff, that it just is very clear and apparent that it's still so far and away above what other movies uh, do. Like you, like quant, quantum mania, like people like for, you know, people would say is a flop or like the worst Marvel movie, but still was like light years ahead of everything DC has released lately. It's so far and away above and beyond. And it seems like, you know, a lot of this burnout might just be very vocal people on the internet. Yeah. But people are still going out to go watch these. They're still going to go see these movies. Can you imagine calling a movie that made $476 million a flop? Because it didn't make a billion. Yeah. Like, that's absurd. And, like, the the fact that they even thought that Ant-Man was going to make a billion dollars. Because, like... But who even thought an Ant-Man movie would make that much? We'd get yeah. a third movie and yeah. it would make that much. Yeah. To quote our buddy Rambo, <laughs> uh, just think back 10 years ago. Or no, 20 years ago. And imagine in 20 years there's going to be three Ant-Man movies. Like how fucking wild that is. Yeah. Like that that's huge fucking successes. Yeah. Like yeah. it's... You know, like here at, at the diner, we sure do like shitting on capitalism um, because it's so easy. Um, like imagine, imagine taking a $476 million movie that, that made that much fucking money and deeming it a, a unsuccessful because it didn't make a billion because you're that fucking greedy. Like, again, I understand it's a business, but the con- the idea of constant growth is unsustainable, period. It is. There's no way it's ever going to happen. And like, Another theory I saw that was really, really interesting, it was saying that like, hey, so when these Marvel movies came out, uh, a lot of us were a lot younger, right? Like, you know, it's almost been 20 years since uh, Iron Man came out. Um, Kids are now, have grown up on these movies and they know that their parents love it. And you know what most kids don't love? Shit their parents love. Oh, Marvel movies? My dad likes Ant-Man and Spider-Man and uh, Captain America and that's lame. Like, I'm not saying that that's exactly what's happening, but like, it wouldn't be the first time, you know, like, but there's also the other side of that too, where it's like, oh. I watched this with my dad and we loved it. So there's a yeah. nostalgia factor to it. So it, it goes both ways. 
Yeah, I think it's that. I think part 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 of also what it might be is just like, um, because because I've I've seen I, I saw there's a meme about this with like you know the Marvels comes uh, comes out next week. Um, this meme about um, how you have to watch all this other stuff to like understand the Marvels. So there's a little bit of an an accessibility. Um, uh, factor for for some of this stuff too. Like you I mean like you had the, like I remember when Endgame was coming out and there was a very like annoying uh, article that came out from someone who was like, "Ugh, this movie would be good if I didn't have to watch all the stuff before it to 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 understand it." Uh, which would you know, which was like, "Well, it's not necessarily for you then if you don't want to watch all the." stuff to watch this one like um but you know i think maybe at this point that could be that you know that that very well could be a factor for some of the for 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 the mcu it's, it's kind of like you know it's, it's like like one piece has nearly uh, like a thousand forty something episodes it's been on tv since 1998 like it, it can feel very daunting to like try to jump in at any point and be like well like how, how do I even watch this? Yeah, it's there's so much, and with Marvel, it could be the same thing. Yeah, it could be like, how like how do I jump in? How for some people, I, I I personally would get kind of excited about the idea that I can discover a whole new universe and there's all this content that I can watch. But some people are just like you know maybe they just want to be able to just watch something and and get it without feeling like they need to do homework. The homework of getting all this other stuff too. So I think maybe that could also be a part of it. Just the accessibility of, of, uh, of some of these, of some of these shows. Yeah. Like Loki, you can kind of, you can kind of watch on its own to some, to some degree, but it works better because it's connected to everything else. I mean, there's other stuff. Moon Knight, you can, you can probably, you can watch by itself because, yeah. you know, that's there's like not, no other characters. Not, yeah. Miss Marvel, kind of a similar thing, but I also think, this is where you know people like us and others can come into play, um, which is like helping people to understand like like this is not being gatekept. Like you know what you don't not, if you don't want to watch anything other than just this this six up the six episodes of Moon Knight, you can. It doesn't connect to anything else. You can you can just watch it and be fine. Yeah. But people might not know they might not know that they might just be like, well, it's Marvel and it's connected. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, any parting thoughts on Marvel before we move on or we ready to talk about our next topic? They need uh, to, they need to, they need to, to, to approach continuity overall as something that they're running the exact same problem that the comics ran to years back and have been struggling with for years and years and years. And this is not unique to Marvel's is anything that's continuity heavy. Um, it's exactly what, what MC was talking about. It is the weight of continuity. If you want to know what's going on, you have to have read, seen, listened to all this other shit. And I think Loki is a great example of something that you can watch with fairly minimal understanding of what's going on and be fine. Uh and a couple of the like the, I, th I think the best of these series have been like that. Mm -hmm. 
where you don't need a lot of background information. It stands on its own. It it adds something to the overall continuity universe, but it isn't incredibly. It's not. It's not fully reliant on it. Like yeah. every episode is not something that you need to have uh, uh, watched twenty movies to understand. Um, and it's it's they need to approach their overall continuity in the same way that. Uh, they approach Easter eggs, which is if you get it, it adds something to it. And that's great. If you yeah. don't, it doesn't remove anything from the experience. Yeah, And, sure. and once we can yeah. do that, like everything, will, you know, you can, you can definitely write that ship, but it can't just be that everything is just a reference to everything else all the time. Yeah. Because then, then watching this stuff, People aren't, aren't even. We talked about this with, Wanda, with WandaVision. People aren't watching your show to watch your show. They're watching to go Easter egg hunting yeah. about what's coming next. Yeah. And and um, you know, to Rambo's point too, it makes me think of the kind of the other the other side of this too, um, which is the complaints about like Phase Four not having a direction. Um, possibly because they're looking at those series that don't seem to be connected to anything, and they're like, well what do i need to watch like what's this even for you know yeah. like moon knight's not connected to anything uh um miss marvel's not really connected to anything yet there are easter eggs to the larger universe contained within within both series um yeah. but they kind of they kind of stand on their own and you know i think that that's also kind of what people have been saying about like phase four and phase five, because the, the kind of the downside of like announcing that Kang dynasty and secret rewards is coming is, you know, now all those YouTube channels and social media channels are now just like, all right, but how does this, how does what you're giving me in this connect to that without being able like echo echo comes out in uh, like two months. I'm personally excited to see it because I, I, I liked her in, in Hawkeye yeah, um, I'm excited to get more Fisk and and Daredevil content <laughs> in, yeah. in in mm -hmm. Echo, and honestly, like just based on the trailer, it looks dope. Like it, it looks really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm personally just very very excited to see it. But you know, with some of the reaction to uh, to some of the reaction to the trailer, is just kind of like okay, but like Fantastic Four is coming. Like, where's where's the thing? Where's where are the mutants at? You know, like, and it's like, you can't even get an appreciation for the fact Marvel is doing this. And, and it's also funny because of all the complaints about the Marvel formula. And now that in phase four, they've done different, they've tried to do different things, um, uh, do different genres of, of uh, uh, TV shows in terms of their, their tone and everything. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, don't do that anymore. Or a lot of people are like that. Don't do that anymore. Yeah. Give us fantastic four and x-men we don't care about the, anything else yeah just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you have to share it thank you for listening to ggr pirate radio make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts this has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.